Eight. Any last words? Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Hey, hey, hey. Here we are. Chuck and Lou back at it again here on a Sunday evening, sitting down in the studio here over at Huntington Park, watching Cincinnati and KC on Monday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. Gee, many Christmas. I don't even know what day of the week it is. See, I, I just wanted to make sure Lou was on top of it. Sunday night. No, my kids have one more day of fall break. They were off all week last week, along with my wife, um, as I went to school every single day. Yeah, I don't get a fall break, so. I, 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 neither do I. I get one day, and they get... 10 days total with the weekends, and they've been kind of rubbing it in here. So I got gonna... two days off, and one of those days was very rainy. Yeah, I mean, but they had, a, you know, but the wife and kids. I, I get yeah. up every morning, and, you know, in comes one, in comes two, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, I'm shower out the door, and they're going to the zoo, or they're going to, you know, sleep for another two hours, or they're going to rock and jump. And uh, supposedly my wife put on one, one heck of a show at rock and jump. She was climbing the walls, but... Dunking. Um, she was, she was, yeah, monster dunks over there at Rock and Jump, but she was quite sore the next day. Um, <laughs> at, at the same time, uh, my kids, you know, they have one more day and I, I go back to school. Not only do I get to go back to school tomorrow, while they're staying at home, I got parent-teacher conferences tomorrow night. Those are always a doozy. Um, in fifth grade, having those parent-teacher conferences is is awesome. You know, it's one of those deals you, you bring in the parents and you, you know, get 15 minutes to tell them how good their kid is. Um, and tell them, you know, maybe one or two things they could work on. But just a little advice for any elementary teachers out there. Parents come in, tell them all the good things the kid does. Maybe keep it laps on the, keep it small on the negative things if there's any at all. But, you know, first quarter, if they can go home and tell their kids uh, what a great year they've, you know, started off with a great year and everything like that. It's just such a confidence booster because there's not a lot of conversation at home anymore. And for them to go home and be able to tell their kids that Mr. Steinoff thinks that you're just doing dandy in class and then... Um, and by the way, if you tell them that, they're gone in 12 minutes and you get three-minute break and then uh, you can move on. So all positives in those conferences, teachers, uh, as you go through those last week, this week, or, or in the get following Get a three-minute break to check whatever on your – check your email, check some scores. Well, i got to check some scores. Monday Night Football, got to get my Twitter, Insta, snappy snap, make sure everything's, you know, right before Mama comes in for the next one and Daddy. So um, tonight, once again, we kind of have a couple new things we like to – Add some new things to the show as we, you know, continue this process of um, Chuck and Lou, and we've we've had some great feedback throughout the last month or two by doing these shows, and we we're doing it because we love it, we like it, and also to get some information out to those. We love it, we like it, but we don't hate it. That's exactly right. So once again, we want to thank our first sponsor, Tubby's and Plaza Lanes, for being our podcast sponsor, home of the best steaks in town and cheap bowling. True story. I had one of their steaks this week. I actually had one of their steaks carry out. Um, this week and came home and, and devoured that. But Tubby's Lanes and, and Plaza Lanes will be the West Side talk sponsor this week. So once again, I would like to to thank our uh, director in the back tonight, Iggy, is what we're going to go ahead and call him. So we have Chuck and Lou and Iggy, who's uh, we're trying to talk him into getting a mic so he can kind of drop in some some bites here and there. But he's a little nervous. Um, you know, kind of, kind of one of those guys. You know, you got to, you got to get him going a little bit, and and at the same time, he's he's ready for next week. He might be dropping some bits in, so we're looking forward to that. Thanks for all he does. He does a great job with our sound and equipment. If you could see the studio tonight, it just looks fantastic. So thank you for that. As we move on tonight, we will start with Westside Talk once again. Tubby's Plaza Lanes is our sponsor for that, and the Westside Talk 
we are going to have a, a lot of Lou tonight. Lou was, was busy this past week um, as he sits there scrolling through his phone right now, which means he's ready to roll. Yes, um, I am. We are going to kind of move on to, to the West Side Talk, and we're going to talk about anything from St. Charles West football to soccer to volleyball to cross country, and we're going to go ahead and have Lou take it away as he was at Westminster Um not under the lights because they don't have them um, right outside the statue of Frank Cusimano there at Westminster. So take it away, Lou. Yes, Westminster does not have lights. That is very true. Um, the theme was white out for the Warriors, and I was the last student to show up two minutes after kickoff and was the eighth student to show up. Um, and what were you wearing? I was wearing stuff that a Westminster kid would wear. Khakis? Do you have your khakis on? Yeah, khaki pants. Ah. Had a... Nice jacket on, quarter, quarter zipper. You know, oh man, a little. I think they call it a little quarter zip there. You know, nice and snug. Wind was crazy. I heard one of our soccer players. Who was it? Justin Clark. Justin Clark. He, you said he was so cold that he, um, he, he, he couldn't really focus on the game. And another thing out there, you know, here I am. I'm sitting on the the bed of my truck, kind of paying attention to the game, doing some yard work, and I get a picture from the athletic director with with Trent. Um, wearing his new game jersey. Yeah, I was thinking, what is he doing? Of course, I'm I was. Getting, I wasn't gonna ask him. But. Oh man, I'm getting the blunt of it. You know, how coach, how, I haven't even seen the jerseys yet. I've actually, I take that back. I saw him one time. Our girls' coach uh, sent me a, a, a picture of one. She was getting confused, and she's like, "Is these your jerseys?" And I next thing you know, Trent's wearing it at the game. Ad's texting me. I text the AD back, hey, man, I haven't even seen these things live yet, but if you could go ask him why he's wearing that, and we figured it out. He had some senior pictures, but, you know, as a coach, when you're sitting at home, it's just crazy when you get that that text from your AD, and you're like, oh, boy, or you're like, oh, you know, what does he need? And it's just a picture of one of your players wearing a... What's even more peculiar about Saturday's games at our student section, we had the same amount of girls as we did boys. 4v4? Four, four four? Yes. Wow, good good odds there, 4v4. Four four. Um Eight people total in the stands. You know, it was Saturday. I think that probably the kids that stayed home and didn't go to the game, they were uh, scared of Winburn. Yeah, probably. I agree. You know, mm-hmm. it was windy on Saturday. Uh, maybe they were out. You Shout know. out to all those people that did pop out Saturday. Um, I could mention all of you by name. I'm not going to because I'm going to save you the embarrassment. Hey, that's awesome. You know, you're on the road in St. Louis. You know, not too many parents are going to, you know, look at their kids and say, yeah, drive on down to Westminster. First off, half of them aren't going to believe them because they're like, who plays on Saturday afternoons? And, you know, otherwise... Who doesn't have lights in the area? Well, some angry neighbors. You know, you got, you know, Westminster, you know, good education, you know, pay all this money to go to school there. And at the same time, the neighbors are are getting a little mad because the lights are on. I I think Vianney knows what I'm talking about as well. But as we kind of move on, um, Lou is going to talk just a little bit about the game and, and kind of the outcome. Yeah, so it was very windy out there Saturday. Got down there and um, was walking towards the stadium. Was walking with a tailwind, wind blowing left to right. Um, West scored before I even got there on a block punt by Brendan Sportsman that he returned back for a touchdown for about twenty yards. He's such an animal. Yeah, all, he's ev- literally everywhere. And if he if he's listening tonight, like I, I know some of the kids have no idea. Some of the kids listen. If Mr. Sportsman, if you could just all you need to do for us in basketball is just play your tail off like you're doing in football and be that guy, be that guy that comes in. And everybody says, "Man, this guy just brings energy." So if you're listening, just do the same thing you're doing now for us, and you're gonna make us such a such a better ball club. I can't wait to watch him run run crazy out there. I wish he could wear eye black on the basketball floor. We might try that. <laughs> exactly, and uh, so they scored about two minutes in Westminster. 
uh, they took control of the game. They were up 27-12 at halftime. West's other touchdown was a 80-yard uh, yard pass touchdown off a bubble screen. Clark Henderson to Joey Eckel, breaking down the sideline, getting very clean blocks. Um, it was 12 because our kicker missed the extra point in the first touchdown, and we missed the two-point conversion. Um, so yeah, Echo had two. He had two touchdowns in the game. He had another. He had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Westminster had a freshman by the name L.J. Minner with 203 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Just wow! Absolutely running all over us. Just couldn't do anything. Stop him. Big kid or was it the line or big? No, probably six two, six really? three. Big yeah. freshman. Big freshman. How was their line play? I'm assuming pretty. Their good. Their line was pretty good. Yeah. Anybody who runs for 203 yards against that. That defense. Everything to, was down the sideline, though. Oh, because so they were getting out wide? Yeah, everything was, especially to the right, uh, when they had going going downwind, everything was down the right side. Did they put a receiver on the right side? I remember? think they did. And yeah. who was covering that receiver, do we know? Um, Were they running at anybody in particular, or do you think they weren't running it to the left well, because of our line they on the were, left? I'm totally just throwing there this was at some, you. There was some blitzing. We blitzed a little bit, but... I think there was there was I think there was the the wrong people were kind of going uh, at it. They would you say that they found our weakness maybe with yes. a certain side of the field? Yes. Um, I think I don't, I I might be wrong when I say this, but I think they were they lined up the wide receiver on the opposite side where they ran the ball a lot. I think they were trying to take it away from Lemons. Yeah, quite a bit from what I remember. Well, it seems like you know at, at this time of the year when there's so much film on teams that. When you're in week seven or eight or whatever it was, if week you can nine. find a, you know, week nine, if you can find a weakness in a team, and it seems like Westminster did a good job because that's a lot of points to score against West, and yep. at the same time they did most of it running the running the uh, football. Yeah, it was twenty seven nineteen after three, and Westminster scored two touchdowns and one forty one nineteen, and the game. Well, so. you know, I think that was one. I was I was talking to Clark Henderson, the quarterback today. Um, and we had a little chat, you know, to try to keep it light with him after coming off a loss from yesterday. I saw him today as he was refing a game that um, we'll, we'll talk about later in the show, uh, basketball game. But he kind of just simply said they got outmanned on both sides of the ball. Um, it seemed like one of those deals where he was pretty much telling me that, including himself, you know, we just we, we didn't have the toughness we needed to win this game. And he was a little disappointed because I think this is one of the games on the schedule where they've won a few in a row and you, you get an opponent on their home field that – in my opinion, Westminster, no matter what sport you play them in, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, soccer, you know, if you can beat them um, kind of at this stage in the year of any of those sports, you've done something well because they do it right over there. They always have pretty good teams. I believe are leading into our, our soccer next, I believe. Um, did the soccer team play Westminster? Yes, they did. We'll and, talk about that game. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think it's one of those games that I think, you know, talking to Clark today, I think he, he wanted it to be a little bit closer. I think the boys thought they had a, sh- a shot going in. I think it really would have kind of propelled them into district play. Now, I know getting into district play, we'll talk a little bit later, but he seemed a little disappointed, and I think, of just the overall effort and toughness. And I think sometimes when you're playing on the opponent's field, it's a Saturday, it's a beautiful day, you know, you got to come out and hit somebody. And I think his his overall kind of synopsis of just that they weren't tough enough on both ends of the ball, um, it could get him going in a district play too, but it seems like toughness was kind of, kind of the issue. Um, but other than that, we're going to kind of move on here, and, and Lou's going to tell us about some other West Side talk and other other sports here. Yeah, uh, soccer had their senior night on Tuesday night. Played St. Charles High. St. Charles High put all their players in the box. That's what I heard. And it was a 1-0 West result. 
uh, West win. I did get a little worried because I heard the senior, um, you know, they were doing the seniors and they were calling them out. And I wasn't there, but I lived close enough to hear it. And in the midst of that, I hear the band, and I I, I sat outside in the lawn chair. The band, the band was practicing oh, okay. in the in the whatever you call the parking lot there. They were outside. So being the nerd I am, I thought you know instead of going over there at night, my kids were kind of playing outside. So I decided to sit outside, and I figured Mr. Kilker over there on the on the mic would let me know, hey, you know, Warrior score, Warrior score, because. I figured it'd be a, a one of those lopsided victories again, but I did hear that they were putting everybody in the box. And just to let you know, I, I've also heard that their upcoming opponents, um, who I might, a school that I might teach at, are going to try to do the same thing again. I think that's the only chance you got is to just try to load the box and, and try to, you know, eliminate any Maybe scoring get opportunities. Maybe red card. Well, we don't need any more red cards anymore because yes. going in district play, we want to play 11 v. 11. We don't want to play 11 v. 10. Yeah, and uh, Evan Eikhoff scored a goal on senior night. Had 10 seniors we honored, and it was a nice balloon release too. That's awesome. And anytime you have that many seniors, it's great for them to go out with a good week. Could you tell us about the rest of their week as well? Yes, they went to Westminster on Thursday, played a very good Westminster team. They beat them 2-1 to one behind goals from Schreiber and Mays. And kind of what I was talking about, if you can, if you can beat Westminster in a sport – that means your team, you got something going on. And, and in my imagination, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. You know, football loses, um, you know, probably not on the level of the soccer team this year, but the soccer team goes on the road and wins 2-1 over there against a very quality opponent. Were they ranked in their di- in their division? Or? I don't think so. Uh, but anytime you go on the road and beat Westminster 2-1, to one, um, that's kind of what I was talking about. This They're kinda, probably right on the bubble, though. It's kind of when you know you're going in the right direction. And I think they finished up the week against Cape Central. Yes, they played Cape on Friday night. It was a home game, even though it was not really senior night. And they beat Cape, a, a pretty good Cape team, 4-1. to one, Hat trick from Shriver and goal from Eikhoff. So that is how they ended off regular season 20-1, and one, the most wins in school history. That's awesome. And they will host Orchard Farm in district semis. Tuesday night, 7 p.m., up at Steve Stahl Stadium in St. Charles West. The game before at 5 o'clock is between Duchenne and Trinity. That'll be uh, that'll be another good game. This is this is one of the tougher districts in the state. You know, talking to Mr. Schreiber a couple weeks ago when we had him on, on the set here, he said it was the toughest district in the state. And yeah. I believe just kind of by looking at what's going on, I feel like um, the pioneers of Duchenne have, have played well the last two and a half weeks. I think... I think Coach coincidence. Turner, I think not. I think Coach Turner and 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 Headball Donuts has him going a little bit over there. So I, my prediction for the district Headball is Headball Donuts. Um, I, I do believe that Duchenne is going to beat Trinity. I feel like the Warriors are going to beat Orchard Farm, and I do feel like it's going to be. Well, it's not Stoke a fire in Orchard Farm. Well, you know, I, I think their fires are struck, and and they'll always be ready to go. But just my opinion, um, I believe the Warriors are going to play the Pioneers in the district final, and I think it's going to come down to. Um, the Warriors just doing what they do. I, I think don't look at Duchenne and what they're going to do to you to try to stop you. Just just be you. You know, a lot of a lot of times you hear that. Just be you. So that's my advice going in to the soccer teams. Just do what you do well. Uh, Patrick Turner over there, Duchenne's going to have something up his sleeve, but don't try to counter that with something you've normally never done. I think you just need to be you. Yeah. Um, and the winners of the two semifinal games play each other in district championship Thursday. 6:30 p.m. at SCW. So if you're, I mean, if you're somebody, you know, Brian Thomas, or if you're somebody, um, you know, some Tony Beer, the guys that played back in the, you know, the 2000s, the Dimling brothers, you know, soccer, you know, if Ryan Kiernan flies in from Colorado, um, 
it's just, you know, J.R. Durback gets out from um, working over at uh, Dave & Buster's. It, just get out, and, and maybe Thursday night, hopefully the, the Warriors win the first one. But that might be a cool night to bring your kids and family and reminisce some Warrior uh, moments for you. Those are some guys that I played with that on a really good team. Maybe Seth Wilbur over from Zumwalt East. Come and watch the Warriors play because I think no matter who they play, um, Trinity they lost to is their only loss, and then Duchenne's a good club. So I think on Thursday night, pop out at 6.30. Yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, volleyball played twice this week. They had a game against St. Charles High Tuesday night. It was big night. It, there's no seniors, even though it's supposed to be senior night. Um, it was also Cancer <laughs> Awareness Night. Do they even like say hey? They just don't no, even they do didn't it. even do anything. Um, the match started 40 minutes late because the freshman and JV games ran. They each went three sets, mm. and they played both matches in the main gym. That's a and weird it, setup. I'm not even going to explain that. It's an AD nightmare. Um, I don't even know if the AD was there, to be honest. Oh, well, it's a it's an administrator nightmare. I'm sure there was one administrator who was thinking, I, I got this date, and we're going 3-3, three, three, and then we're starting here at a little bit late. Like I said, probably. Yeah, well, Williamson was there, so he took it. That was it. Mate, Jack, oh, poor Jack. Yeah. You know, Jack Williamson had that had that gig that night. Yeah, um, and it was, a, it was a wild match to describe it. Um West took it in straight sets, 25-20, 27-25. I don't have the stats on that. Um, but West played well. They saved second. Po- they saved set point in the second set, and then they won next two points to take the match. Um, I did lose my voice for a while from yelling so much during the match. Um, what yeah, were you was, yelling at? Encur- just yelling at West, just encouragement. Encouragement? Were you waving the jacket again? Or no. the sweatshirt? You didn't have anything to wave? No, I you had... You need to get a megaphone. I had... Two jackets on because it's cold inside High's gym. I just yelled there in the first set and I lost my voice. So I, I just I talked to people I knew from High after that. And then uh, they played Zumalt South on Thursday out at Zumalt South. Doctor Seifert out there for that. Um, where as Waldo? <laughs> hashtag where Seifert. That's right. And um, Zumalt South is a good team. Um, West came out kind of lethargic. Uh, that's kind of been a theme with the team this year. Um, first set, kind of, it's hard to get get their feet underneath them. Isn't that hard your theme in general for Warrior Sports lately? The last couple of years, yep. yeah. In, hey, I would. I in agree. games and beginning of the season, I agree. usually. I agree. Um, and West lost that match in two sets. I did watch the entire match because I had I could not go out to the soccer game. So Lou decided to pop out to Zumwalt South. There's not a lot of West students there either. Um, if we have a Lou out of the ordinary, that that might be interesting. You're kind of like Seifert. You're kind of like, where's Lou? Yeah. You know, I love it. Yeah, so West Volleyball has districts this week too. They play Lutheran St. Charles Tuesday out of O'Fallon Christian, 7.30 start time. Lutheran's record is 23-3-2, wow. but they're only the number three seed in their district behind O'Fallon Christian who's the host team and the one seed, and Boers is the two seed. And I will say for the record, O'Fallon Christian should not be the one seed in that district. I've seen them play. They did not impress me. You sound hot about it. Give me some more. You can't just say that and not explain. Okay, so I watched Christian play Incarnate Word, and of course it's all it's at IWA, so you know it's already going to be a wild match. Right. Because they do girls, some crazy stuff out of yeah, Incarnate. Girls tossing each other around, throwing each other around. <laughs> The cheerleaders toss each other around. Yeah, just, but, it's, it, um, it gets crazy. Man. And it was a three-setter, but it was a tight first two sets. And that third set, Incarnate just dominated. Borgia, if you look at their schedule, they beat Lafayette, Incarnate Word, 
and Francis Howell. Christian's three losses are against Incarnate, St. Joe, and Lutheran. So I know nothing about this. Does that mean that... Transitive, Transitive Properties has Borgia as the one seed. Okay. Shout out to Dr. Vocal there. Okay. Um, there's, it's just, it, does, it doesn't make sense. And Bor- who did Borgia play again? Borgia, has, they beat Lafayette. Okay, that's all you got to say, because Lafayette's been a 5A champion. They have 4A. But what are they doing volleyball? I don't know. It's they, four classes. Okay. But they've won the state championship here recently, haven't they've they? They've won six years in a row. They're yeah. still a powerhouse. So what do you think happened at that seeding meeting? Did the did Borgia's coach not show up? or I don't know. Borgia, I, I, I still think Borgia's going to win that district. Okay. I, I, I love it. I love the info there. I really do not like that Christian's the one seed there. Yeah, they might be 21-3-1, but their three losses have equaled two wins for Borgia. O'Fallon Christian, right? Yeah. No, I blame uh, Terry Hollander must have went to the seating meeting. Absolutely. Hey, guys, did T-Bone here. Uh, volleyball, <laughs> we want a one seed. Yep. Well, and, and they're the host team. So. You know Borgia's probably fired up about that, though. Yeah, and uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the... I think district semifinals and championships are on the same night. Yeah, it will be 4 o'clock, 5.15, and 7 p.m. That's one thing. That's another thing I don't like is how they do district semis and district championships on the same night. That will also happen for St. Charles High. They host districts this year. They will play McClure South Berkeley first round. They'll probably get Orchard Farm district semifinal. They win that. They got to face the mighty incarnate word Red Knights in a championship game. And you know, since it's out in St. Charles County, that that's a big that's a big show out for incarnate people. It is, and I you know, like, just because it's in St. Charles County. I know, and I, I feel like St. Charles High. It's like they get to districts in many sports, and it's like, oh, here comes the Red Army. I mean, yeah. poor Ben Owen over there. I mean, the last how many years? It's like they win fifteen to twenty-two games a year, and they then run every, to <laughs> just, I mean, they run the Rolfus and Incarnate. They just they they run into Rolfus, and it's. God, that's just got to be one of those things where you just look at your schedule and you're like, man, we're really good, but we hey. we prepare for this and it, we prepare for district you, championship. And, and we you, just really, you just, yeah, you know, you prepare all year and the girls in their mind just keep looking at that wallet schedule going, I know who's in the district. I know who's in the district. And, you know, the Red Army comes again. So we're going to. And I might join that Red Army every you, once in a while. Known to, I, I did. I did do that on my birthday. Join that. What else we got? Um, Cross country this week. Freshman Lily Jackson, stud, cross-country runner, she West, is. finished second in the Clayton Invitational, behind, finished behind first-place winner by less than a second from Viz, I believe. Um, Shout-out to Zach Southern in that from the boys' Yes, side. that's true. He, he lost his sh- Then he lost his shoe. like kept running. Uh, three minutes into the race, and he, I just can see Zach's face. He's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get it later and, and finish the race. So kudos to him he, as well. I think he did pretty good, too. That's what I heard. So that's a great job there by Zach. And that wraps up West Side talk for – or St. Charles talk for this week. Although I would like to say that something is obviously not right as Duchenne is in Class 2 for volleyball. Um, that so, – They've been in class three for like what the last fifteen years, so something doesn't seem right. That well, that goes by enrollment, Jack. Uh, so um, probably we'll has something to do with that. That the schools like that, they're gonna flip around a lot because one they might have hundred and forty five freshmen one year and eighty the next. So that's gonna flip around. We're gonna go ahead and move into in season talk. We're gonna keep this a little shorter. We might might skip some things. We we don't want to keep you here all night, but we have a good episode tonight, so we want to make sure we get as much in as we can. Um, no, our in-season talk is sponsored by Justin Faust State Farm Agency. He's a proud sponsor of the Chuck and Lou podcast. 
Like a good neighbor, the Justin Faust Agency is there to help you and your family with all your insurance needs. They are here to make sure life goes right. Protect your house with Faust and learn more. You can reach Justin at Justin at MyAgentSTL.com. Once again, Justin at, that's the at sign people, MyAgentSTL.com. Thank you, Justin, for all you do. I know Justin was down um, hopping around Oktoberfest um, in Tulsa this weekend as on their committee. They usually go out and visit a different place every year after our Oktoberfest in town to kind of see what they could do better and I did see him uh, post on Facebook that the Oktoberfest in Tulsa was one of the best he's ever been to. So shout out to those in Tulsa or if you're around the area or if you're someone who's traveling. Um, he said that was awesome. But once again, thank you, uh, Coach Faust. And he'll be joining us here in a couple weeks as basketball starts. He's just a, a great addition. He comes in. The boys listen. They respect him. Thousand-point scorer at St. Charles West. And anything he does for us point is, cursor too. Is, is fantastic. He um, he brings a lot to our program. So we're going to go ahead and real quickly, we're going to touch on some in-season things. The NBA has started, and the Raptors. The Raptors are 3-0. and uh, The Lakers, LeBron show and company. That uh, fight last night was pretty and, good, too. And we'll talk about that. They're 0-2. And, and last night, let's go ahead and get to the fight. Uh, Lou, tell us a little bit about what happened last night. Well, um, Rajon Rondo's fitting on Chris Paul. You know, Rajon Rondo is a joke, but he's like one of those guys that's on your team. He's going to dish out 10 every night, 10 assists. He's going to score you some buckets here and there. He's, he's, probably, he's probably good for the squad, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Lonzo Ball is your future point guard, and your mentor is Ray John Rondo, who is raging Rondo. Just raging. He's just one of those guys. You, you don't know if he's gonna lick you, punch you, throw the ball at you. Um, get you know, get. I think in, at times he's had over twenty five assists. Um, he's just one of those guys. He's fun to watch, but at the same time, he's just a knucklehead. And and I'm not. I, I really do think also Le- punching Chris Paul. Yeah, and like you know, he punches Paul last night. Kind of kind of cheap shots. Him, like and, Chris Paul out of all people. Yeah, and Lou asked me today, he goes, how many games for, you know, Rondo, 30? And I was like, <laughs> Lou, it's the NBA. It's going to be like 3-5 max. And I think, he, what did he end up getting? He got four, or three. He got three. And then some other guys got Brandon some Brandon Ingram there. got four games for well, he should have. He's a pushing Harden. He didn't almost, push him. He almost punched him in the back of the head last night. And then night. almost punching the ref. Yeah. One more second, that ref would have been out cold. Yeah. So, and then punching Paul, or so, trying to. Of course, we, we've talked a minute and 20 seconds about the NBA, and, and that's what it is. It is a league where every night something's going to happen that's going to keep your interest. LeBron's going to have dunks all over the place. And then all Tatum's of a sudden, gonna dunk on LeBron. Tatum a little pullback, uh, step back, fade away, uh, jump shot the other night to win the game. But just a little run on the NBA. Like I said, Raptors are three and zero. Lakers are zero and two. My boy Kimball Walker, who is my favorite uh, college basketball player of all time, probably just because of the age I was at, and probably because of the four overtime game. If many of you remember years ago um, at Madison Square Garden, I actually uh, went out that night and with my buddies. I was like in my mid twenties, and I got home. And I went to sleep, and I woke up to go to the bathroom, and I went to bed watching the game, and I woke up to go to the bathroom, and it was literally two and a half hours, and the game was in the fourth overtime, and it was one of those things where you wake up, you think you're dreaming, but Kimba's still doing his step back at Madison Square Garden. So Kimba's averaging 35 points on the year. I know we're only two games in. But That's still pretty good. He's obviously kind of kind of obviously doing what he does, give me the ball and get out of the way. Um as we look at anybody else, you know, I guess you could say my kind of sleeper in the NBA this year is Zach Levine coming off of an injury off an ACL, MCL. He's averaging 31.5 in two games. He's only 23 years old. Um, and then dunk champion. He's a dunk champion. He can he can probably still jump over cars. But then you got Nikolay Mirotic. 
and he's averaging 33 points a game, um, five and a half threes a game for New Orleans. Their New Orleans average score for the season, how many points they score? And no, he's only played. They've only played two games. 140 points. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, obviously. They're scoring 140, and they're giving up about 122. So, obviously, they don't guard anyone, and they want a lot of possessions, and they want to fire the three. So, they won no preseason games. They were 0-5 in preseason. They start 2-0. and um, One of those teams where if you are if you have the NBA channel, I, I would tune in. If they're any time a team is scoring 140 points, it's like a fast-break drill up and down. It's almost like a game of horse who can score more. So, or it's just a 2K game where all it, your it sliders is. up to 100%. It is, and it's just a video game waiting to happen. So... We move on. Uh, MLB playoffs. Uh, we were wrong last week. Both of us picked the Astros to make the um, to actually win it all, and and here we have Boston versus the Dodgers. I mean, if you talk about baseball in general, what a cool thing! You get the Boston team, you get the Dodgers team, you get the East Coast, you get the West Coast. You That's get the, not cool. Well, it might not be cool to you, but when you're talking about the whole scenario of making money and and just entertaining, that's something that I'll watch. Um, I will not watch that. I will actually. What are you talking about? I will you're watch be out of protest. No, I'm not. What do you mean? Why, at a protest? You tell me why. I'll be protesting because it's Boston versus L.A., so it's going to be the most money-making World Series scenario. Well, you talk about money. Let's talk about Boston. Their payroll is $238 million. So when you're talking about buying a team and getting near, you know, getting to the top of the mountain, I mean, $238 million, it's not number one in MLB. Some of you out there who nerd out like I do about the Cardinals, the Cardinals' payroll this past season was $163 million. And that was still eighth in the big leagues, but you're talking 238 to 163. The Dodgers are 194, 194 million. Um, it's just one of those things. You, you're going to get what you pay for, but in baseball, sometimes you can pay for and lose some. Let's talk about the Anaheim Angels, who are seventh in the league, and you, you figure 45 to 40 percent of that is because of Albert, um, you know, limping around on crutches out there, still taking all that money, but. Sometimes you got to spend money. If Mo's listening, and, and you know who I'm talking about, Mo Zaylock, I've always been kind of a sleeper and quiet guy about the Cardinals, but it's time to probably spend some money. Um, even if you don't get it in return, you're always going to have the Cardinal fans out. But when you look at Boston spending $238 million, you get what you pay for. Mo, how, how do you think that season went? Um, Not great. Well, we came favorite, on, quote, favorite quote ever. Yeah, we came on strong. I like Shilty. So, um... Moving on here, we're going to talk Mizzou just a little bit. And Mizzou played this weekend against Memphis. I had had planned my entire day around watching them at three o'clock. The problem was I wanted to be on the deck of my house, enjoying talking to people. You know, talking to people walking by. It was a beautiful day, and there was such a a glare from the window that I couldn't see in. So I'm like in there, like changing the blinds, and then I'm like up with the blinds all the way, and then I realize, Chuck, you're a complete idiot. The game's on your phone. <laughs> so then I finally realized after two quarters that I just had to press play on my phone and could have watched it there while um, Mizzou's, watching. Mizzou dropped 48 in the first half. I know they did, and I, I knew it was out of reach. I did spend two hours of my day um, watching that on my phone um, and watching my neighbor cut down a tree with my tools, with me not asking to help him, because I was in no mood to help anyone cut down trees, but he was using my equipment, doing well. It's pretty entertaining. Um, doing Drew, pretty well. It's good. Yeah, Drew Locke was 23 for 29. 350 yards, four TDs, um, the big tight end, Al Okawagabanam. Just say Alberto. Alberto um, had three touchdowns. He had six receptions for 159 yards. There you go. I'm going to uh, turn it over to Lou now. He's going to give us a little bit about um, the Blues, a little bit of update about them, and he's going to talk a little bit of NCAA football. Yep, the Blues 
when they're making their O Canada trip where they started out in Montreal where everything is in French. And <laughs> even the hockey pucks are from like did they look different? No. Okay. It's just the BA announcing is all in French. <laughs> and um they lost on a goal with nine seconds left to go on a very boneheaded play by a defenseman, Colton Perico. Uh, so uh, lost three to two. They went to Toronto on Saturday, played a smoking hot Toronto team uh, with smoking hot with some good centermen and a fifty percent power play. They got a good netminder. No, is that what they call it? No, they didn't have a good netminder. Neither team does. Yeah, I and they uh, in the Blues won four to one. Great team effort. Bowmeister wasn't in the lineup, so you can't blame anything on him. Oh, he needs to pull it up by the bootstraps and get the. He's just kind of he's a sissy. Uh, yeah, I wish we could trade him, but unfortunately we can't because of a uh, trade clause. Yeah. So that's the Blues. Uh, they go to Winnipeg tonight. A good Winnipeg team, and they host the Blackhawks on Saturday. There's probably a game in between, but who cares? So that's it for the Blues. Um, let's talk a little bit about NCAA uh, football. I want to start out, Lou, with you giving me a little bit about the Ohio State-Purdue game, which was just a, a unique affair. <sighs> unique doesn't even describe that was That was a great game from Purdue, just absolutely destroying Ohio State. Makes Mizzou look good. Playing inspired for... Purdue student Tyler Trent, who, um, if you haven't heard his story, I'd encourage you to look it up. Uh, it was featured in College Game Day. Uh, Tom Rinaldi, who always does great features, he does. And it, when I read, when I read it on one of the websites, it said warning: this story will absolutely tear you apart. Or where'd you say we could find the story again? There's pretty much anywhere. Probably. Yeah, pretty much anywhere. It's uh, I it said it'll just. It'll just tear you apart, and it was really sad. Um, this kid, 20 years old, second bout with bone cancer. He's not going to make it, and, like, he's, he's terminal. And one of his wishes was to see Purdue play Ohio State. And he, he was at Purdue. He had to stop going to classes about a month ago. And the football team actually came to his house. They prayed for him and stuff, and it's – and he actually he did show up to the game last night. He got to go on the field for the last few minutes before it got too crazy to get on the field when everybody was storming the field. And um, he got to go in the locker room, celebrate the boys. It's a tight bond, but it's it's sad because he's not going to have much time left. Did they give him the game ball last night? They gave him the game ball a couple games ago. I don't know if they did last night. And, you know, that's you know when you look at the big scheme of things, that's what sports are about. You know, there's so many good stories out there where – Universities, especially at the NCAA level, come together and do things for for children or men or women who are in a, a difficult situation. Because a lot of times, kids that are in a difficult situation battling something like cancer, they usually tie themselves to a university. Um, especially in a case like this, when you're, you know, obviously Purdue. You know, there's not a there's not a major league team, but for that's what sports are about. There, it's it's fifty percent athletics and competition, and there's always this fifty percent of love, care, and and just realizing what you can do for other people. And what was the outcome of the game last night? Purdue won forty nine and twenty against a second ranked team in the country, Ohio State what at a, home. Can you imagine? I mean, just Boilermaker up. I mean, what a great great thing, you know, for that. That campus, I'm sure. And, yeah. um, Doesn't mean Mizzou would beat Ohio State by 32 transitive properties. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, 
makes Mizzou look good, but at the same time, that night was about one young man, and, and that's awesome. So moving on, um, Lou, what about Michigan, Michigan State? That had some, that pregame was what you, Did you like, about, now let me ask you a question. Who had a better looking pair of khakis on, you at the game against Westminster or Harbaugh? Oh me, absolutely. Did you did we steam steam clean? Did we did we iron? How, what what makes yours better than than Jim? Iron, iron, of course. I don't think you know Jim. I don't think he irons his clothes. So what? Tell us about the game. So Michigan, Michigan State. It's always a big rivalry. It, it's been pretty calm since Harbaugh got there. Games at Michigan State. Michigan State has a tradition where guys walk into the field, they're linked together, arms locked together. I like that. And um, well. They showed up a few minutes late. Michigan already warming up. Michigan State walks from one end zone to the other. So one of their coaches told Michigan to get out of the way, and they said no. So Michigan so you're State telling me they walking. went all the way past yeah. the fifty yard line, which you're not supposed to do, locking arms. Well, they they do it before the other team takes the field. Uh, they, that's and Michigan just happened to come out a little early. Well, Michigan State was a few minutes late, uh, and uh, I so Michigan player by the name of Devin Bush, I think, got a little upset. Went to midfield and started dragging his cleat on the uh, logo at midfield. Sparked a huge scrum. Terrell Owens like. And uh, Harbaugh said he five yards behind the entire scrum. You could see Coach D'Antonio smiling a little bit. Ooh, you gotta love that rivalry though. And so, but Michigan came out and won that game twenty-one to seven. That'd be like Rick Foster coming on the Warrior and doing like a push-up. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine that? That. I don't know about Rick how Foster. Many, how many push-ups do you think Rick Foster could do right now? Five. I saw him today. We Ten. had we had lunch today. Ten. We had lunch today. He looks pretty good. I bet I'm going to give him 18 and a half is the over/under. Okay. And I think I think that's me. On the other hand, I think if him and I would just stop the game and do a push-off contest, I think I'd get him by four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Yeah. So moving on. I love you, Rick. Um, we're going to move on now, and um, we're going to go into... Is that all, Lou, I think we had for on the college. agenda for college? Um, what else we got? Uh, a few high school scores from the area for football. Francis Howell losing to Rockbridge 35-21 at home. That was interesting. That, that game could, was at Francis Howell? Yeah. Okay. Rockbridge clinching number one seed in their district in Class 6. Luther and St. Charles beating Jennings in a big seeding game 25-14. Jennings drops down to the four seed in their district in Class mm. 4. Um, that moves Parkway North up to the third seed. When they beat Miller Career 39-24 on a good senior night honoring Coach Bunton, I was out there. That was very cool what they did. I, you talk about goosebumps for me, too, just kind of watching the, the whole week unveil you know, on Twitter for me. Um, just watching the fact that he had a little two-minute interview about his, his passion and his years coaching and teaching and how it's about the boys. and then one He loves I, he loves all the kids. He just, that he's he just loves Parkway North. And, yeah. and one thing that really got me going was I think before the game, um, it kind of changed. It didn't change my perspective, but it just got me back to the more perspective I started taking two or three years ago as a head coach. It's about the kids you coach. And when I saw him, he took the field, I believe, the other night. Uh, this is when it occurred. I saw it on Twitter. And there were guys that he had coached that came back. And he made. He, he kind of came through like a little conga line, and they were giving him high fives. And he, I bet he did not like. I bet he hated it. Well, honestly. as as a coach, when you've coached that long, you don't want the attention. Um, yeah, he does not like the attention. But at the same time, he stopped. He had a line of probably about forty on each side, left and right, and he stopped at every single one of his players and shook their hand, gave them a bro hug, and you could just tell he may not have liked the attention, but at the same time, those kids came back, those men came back because. 
there was a coach that made an impact on their life at some time. And a lot of people don't understand the impact that coaches make on kids is usually not athleticism. It's usually about life conversations. The amount of life conversations I've had with kids in the last eight years as a head coach and even the last 14 years as just an assistant, the amount of in, like, coach, I call them Coach Jackson room talks, have been so much more valuable, and we I could Jackson just room talks every day. I could I could just see the those kids though, and those men, you know, that were going that he shook every single one of their hands, and I guarantee he went home and watched that. And every time he looked at that, he looked at one of the individuals that he shook their hand and said, "I helped them by doing this," and I guarantee sixty percent of it was non football related, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. Yeah. And in the uh, last result of high school football, this is a big one, St. Charles County. Timberland beating Zuma West 14-7. Timberland is... Low-scoring ball game. Yeah. Well, Timberland, they got going now. They beat two. They beat the two power Zoom Waltz. Yep. So... Party all night for them. I mean, that's great. Yeah. That's... I mean, for Timber... I call them Timberland. I mean, that's that's a big deal. That Do not be surprised they make a run at, at, in Class 5, but we'll see. Playing good late. So... Thanks to Lou, we're going to go ahead and, um, like, like I said, another another awesome job with with what he does as far as the local scene, and I really truly think he's going to have a great future and and kind of the future scene and what he brings to the table. Moving on to Steins out of the ordinary tonight, it's just disappointing. Um, just in from Columbia, Missouri, Como, that after a promising showing in Saturday's exhibition at Missouri Name, where he was just an absolute stud, um, disaster struck tonight at the University of Missouri, and we're, in my mind, one of the first to probably report it to you all, that sophomore forward Jonte Porter has suffered a season-ending knee injury uh, during a closed exhibition against Southern Illinois. The team confirmed today that Porter tore his ACL and MCL in his right knee. Um, just literally last week, he was kind of pronounced as a five-star uh, going into the season. This is awful for Missouri. Um, you talk about Quanzo Martin um, finally getting the right guys. He gets a guy to stay back um, after last year's injury to his brother. This is one of those, you know, you wake up in the morning and and you look and you find that, like, you know, you had your ceiling collapse and water's in your basement and your wife's not home. And it's just, it's one of those, um, it's it's awful. You know, when I got this across the text uh, line tonight, I just I didn't know what to do. And, um, you know, the Porters are resilient. You know, obviously, for the kid himself, this goes from coming back to the university where your dad coached in the women's program to coming back when you could have been probably the 17th to 22nd pick overall in my, in my mind in the NBA draft. And now you're going to probably fall to the late second round due to uh, this high of a knee injury. But, you know... He had some knee injuries last year, and his knee felt good, um, according to those at Mizzou. Um, you see the way he dunks the ball. Um, he just wasn't doing those things last season. He was healthy as can be. And like I said, just one of those injuries that um, can cause a program to go from, yeah, just one of those from the from the in-house to the you-know-what house. And it's just... I mean, I don't even know what to say. Here I am, you know, trying to discover this and figure out how this is even going to correlate to the season. Um, just, just awful. I mean, you're losing a guy that's that's your he's your he's your best player. 
you know, and as Quanzo in the, in the, I say Quanzo, it's Conzo. I understand. I just, I just feel so bad for him and his staff, um, trying to deal with this and comfort the players because he was going to take a lot of pressure off the other guys. And now you have younger players. They're going to have to do more things. And, you know, this just, this just turns an, an Oreo cookie into, into no middle ground. So, um, just terrible. Just terrible. I woke up at nine. I, um, I had to work today and I work very close with CNR basketball, which is a league that is actually in the process of scheduling over 4,500 games for the winter session. They do a fantastic job of implementing select school or select teams with high school feeder teams. And it's, it's just a large league. If you kind of go talk to anybody, your neighbor, your friends, um, they're going to say that my kid plays on this team and they play in the CNR league. They do a great job. And today, they had some open dates where they needed some supervision, and I took today from 10 to 6 over at game time. I walked into game time at 10.15. It was 44 degrees inside game time, and there was three kids running the show, and, and we got the heat on it to get it going. But today, Stein's out of the ordinary. I was, as I was there, I got to watch um, some West kids. I got to watch some girls' feeder teams. I got to watch some third grade, fifth grade, eighth grade. I got to watch parents, and my whole goal today was literally to sit there and just kind of take it all in. You got three courts back to back. You got six whistles at one time. And you got kids from third grade to eighth grade playing. You got parents who are coming in with their hoodies on and their yoga pants and they're trying to throw a sweater on. And it's set, you know, Sunday morning. They probably were out a little bit last night. And it's just, it's just something that as a person, I, I just had to watch because it makes me a better parent. And today there was a game that I was watching our starting quarterback and, and starting guard for our basketball team, Clark Henderson, just so happened to be refing it. And, you know, they always talk about, like, why do why do we not have enough refs, you know? And it starts because we have kids that are in CYC and in the CNR League, and they, they start to ref at, like, age 16 and 17. And today there was team Let It Fly was playing uh, the Eureka Wildcats today. And Let It Fly... They haven't lost all year. They're a fifth-grade team. Um, Anthony Lemons, who plays for us and plays football for us, his brother played on the team. He's a stud. And they just they just don't lose. And they played a Eureka Wildcat fifth-grade team today, and, and they they didn't play all that well, let it fly, didn't. And their parents started getting frustrated. And here's what I witnessed today. Fifth-grade game, let it fly versus Eureka. And here are some quotes that I heard. Towards the end of the game, um, Eureka took the lead. And let it fly. It really didn't know how to handle that. And their coach was actually doing a pretty good job. But they had a couple of parents, a couple of moms, actually, that I hear. And I turn around. There's two and a half minutes left. And there's two moms on the floor. And they're yelling at the refs. You know, you can't cheat us like this. And I had to physically stop the game because we have two parents on the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is going on? First off, they don't know who I am. They don't know that I'm there working. They don't know that I'm there to make sure this doesn't happen. And I always say to myself, why do I have to work here? I mean, I love it. I love doing it for CNR, but they have to hire someone to make sure this doesn't happen. And sure enough, it did. And she's yelling, cheat us like that. Um, this league's not for us. And I, I just, and, and there's about a minute and 10 seconds to go. And there's a technical foul on one of their kids, deservingly so. And the coach is telling the guy at the scores table, who's a volunteer for the other team, just let the clock run. We just want to get out of here. And then he's looking at him going, if I stop this clock, your parents are going to kill me, you know? And I, I kind of watched a little bit, and the game's over, and Team Let It Fly loses, I think, probably their first loss of the year. And their coach looks at their kids, and he says, 
if you want to shake their hands, it's up to you. And I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I've already been on the court. I've I've escorted two moms off the court. And now here the coach who's done a pretty good job all day long. They played the game before and he he actually does a really good job, but you know, his kid gets the technical foul late. He gets frustrated and and for him to tell those kids you can shake your hands if you want to. And here are three kids who go crisscross with their arms on the way through the line and don't shake the other team's hand. And it's like is this really what we're teaching our kids? You know, you finally lose a game and you have no idea how to handle yourself. And I, I kind of wonder what an experience for the other parents. And, and the other parents were, were so cool about the whole situation. There was a couple things that, you know, I want to talk to about those teams out there who have parents who, who do a really good job. There was a couple parents that you, you got to know the situation. Once you see all this escalate, you know that what your kids did was tough. They won the game. They probably beat a team that no one thought they could beat. Just understand what's going on. And a couple of the moms from the other team, from the the team from the Wildcats, you know, got a little mouthy because they were upset because they didn't understand why these people were acting like that. But you just saw their actions for the last 10 minutes. Just tell your kid they did awesome and get out of there. You know, it's like you didn't just realize the last 10 minutes of the chaos and now you're going to don't say anything to people who are going to create chaos in little league basketball. They want you to do that. They want to come back to you. They want to say something. But, you know, I'm so glad I get to do this and, and help CNR and do this because it makes me such a better parent as far as making sure that I handle myself properly at games. Uh, my second part of Stein's Out of the Ordinary is kind of kind of goes with it. It's, you know, how coaches act towards referees or umpires like before the game like we were buddy buddy it's like hey man what's going on you know i hope everything's well how's the fam you know and um man i love when you do our games you do such a great job you know uh you know all that you know you you try to butter them up before the game starts so i want you to take a listen to this this is called stein's sound in my stein sound fix tonight we all know who this is if you're any any kind of sports person, but just listen. The, the first, like, 12 or 15 seconds is buttering up the refs, and then the next 45 seconds is how we truly act during the game sometimes to where the ref has to think, this guy asked about my family and my kids and wanted to go have a cocktail after the game, and now this is what he's doing. So take a listen. I do this all the time. Just tell me I'm out of line. What are you talking about? And then here we go. You gotta love when you call them by their first name. And then you don't know them. Hey, referee! Hey, referee! Hey! 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 No, he didn't wiggle this. That's got to be on the NFL Network show. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? How the hell you call that? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never... 
You know you love it when you, you listen to Mr. Gruden there throughout the years. I, I like a couple of them. You know, he, you just lose your mind sometimes. You're like, you're out of your skull. You know, and you're like, why did I say that? Um, it's gold. But, but for the you know for the most part, you know, the last three or four years as a head coach, you kind of learn that the referees, like I said, the referees are there doing a job and they're doing a service, and you, you have to respect them. You're going to get after them sometimes. You're going to disagree. But I truly think a good coach is one that has the relationship with the coaches and are with the the referees. And they, the referees that respect you are going to be the ones that say, just get it out. Just let me know what you feel like. I'm not going to do anything stupid. I give you a tech. I'm just going to hear you out. Um, but it is kind of it's kind of interesting as as coaches. You always try to butter them my up. My life for is the a game. roller coaster. Oh yeah, my life is just a roller coaster. It's here, there, everywhere. You know, like you said, and um. Just, just great stuff there from from John Gruden, who, like I said, he's he's one of those guys. He's been in the booth, and then he's on the field. Now he's on the field again. But no matter how good or bad of a coach you are, you're always going to be upset at different things because you you want the best for your kids. But it was it was pretty cool to to see that and to to hear that because it it kind of correlates with a lot of what I see with with high school coaches. We respect the refs. Um, they respect us, and if they didn't, they wouldn't do it. But that is the problem overall. I, I kind of wanted to correlate the two with like you know, fifth grade game and how high school um, coaches normally are. And the high school coaches that, that kind of whine and complain and they're always on their refs. Trust me, that word spreads. And that word spreads at the Little League level as well. Um, once you get a team like that, all you got to do is mention the team name and the supervisors know, the people who run the league know, the other teams know, and, and that's just not a good reputation to have. So going into our season, I hope that none of our, I know that none of our feeder coaches will ever have that reputation, nor I try to keep myself um, from ever having that reputation. I want to have that good rapport with the, um, with the officials. So once again, we're kind of, we'll leave you tonight with once again, thanks to Lou for all his impact on, on local sports and, and his knowledge. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And thanks to Iggy there behind the wall back there. Iggy's going to, be on with us next week he does a great job with everything um we we couldn't do this without him or sound is good and do what we want to do so once again thank you for listening and we will be back next week at some time we we don't know with the bachelor party and with the season starting on monday we'll, we'll try to get a monday or a um maybe a tuesday night episode in after the first couple of days of practice to let you guys know what's going on with Man, the basketball season. Man, we talking about practice. We talking about practice for 20 days until the season starts. Thank you. I am Chuck, and he is Lou. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. Until next time. Bye bye.